Hey, we're back. Me and the gay homie. I'm Diotis. And yeah, you know the other one. Mm-hmm. Hey, and we have a special guest. One of my, one of our, the show's, one of the show's biggest supporters. Yes. Who now has his own podcast, my boy Beatty. He is host of the podcast. Hold up, we need to talk. Appreciate you. Thank you for this. This is this is big to me as an early, early supporter and adopter and watched y'all grow yeah. and change uh, co-hosts like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, change moms. <laughs> <laughs> it just happened one day. Yeah. <laughs> like Watching yeah. the show, I was like, wait, he's not supposed to look like that. <laughs> so this is big for me. I really appreciate this opportunity. And again, uh, yeah, my podcast is called Hold Up, We Need to Talk. It's with me, my boy Jado. Y'all probably know him. He's a producer or whatnot. And the homegirl Barb, she's actually on the show uh, Black Ink Compton right now on VH1. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she's uh, the the manager of the tattoo shop on that on the show uh, Black Ink Compton on VH1. Okay. So yeah, um, uh, yeah. No, I appreciate this opportunity because you know I've always kind of wanted to do a podcast, but the thing that genuinely lit a fire under my ass was this podcast. Wow. And I was super into this podcast, appreciative of this podcast. One my close one of my closest friends in the world is gay, so I used to always bug him saying that we needed to do this idea, and then. When Joe did it, I was low key uh, jealous, a little butthurt, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yo, bro, like, he, they're doing our idea, but no, I really appreciate being. Welcome, hey, Marcus. No, Thank hey, you. Beatty, Beatty is so he was so serious though. Beatty was like, he he was hitting me up, like, yo, I, I need you to show me how to do this shit, <laughs> and it was on the real the real bootleg way. <laughs> I mean, it was the real because we used to do this. I know it sounds way different than the first episode. Like it was very bootleg. We're still not as official as we would want to be even now, mm-hmm. but it was very bootleg. And I just had to show him, like, I mean, you can start this way, and that's how we do it. And he was taking notes, and mm-hmm. he came through on a Sunday morning. He's like, man, if I need to see anything else, like I'm gonna hit you up. And he was he he wanted this over a year before it actually happened for him. Like, I'm talking about putting in the actual work, trying to figure Research, it out. Research. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Over a year before it actually happened for it, man. So, like, tell us about that that whole run. Like, as you really were trying to figure out how it was going to happen. So, as most things in life, it started with an idea, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you have these deep conversations with your friends, and you're like, man, people should listen to this. We should have these right. conversations, right? Yeah. And so, it started off with just kind of like an idea, but then that idea slowly turned into like, a passion that kind of low-key turned into an obsession. Mm -hmm. And then I was initially trying to find co-hosts, people that were just like willing to do it consistently that were also interesting. Then Joe does his show. (laughs) And like I said, that did something inside of me that made me almost like, it's not like jealous thing because you always want my friends to shine and I appreciated it, but it was like, you better do this shit. Somebody you yeah. know, somebody you know, grew up with, somebody, you know, hung yeah. out with, smoked in the back of a car with, uh-huh. that ain't shit just like you ain't, ain't wasn't shit, you know, grew yeah. up like you. He inspired is, you, yeah. Is doing this. Yeah. Do something with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So then, to his point, from that point, after his start, it took me almost about a year to start because of the fact that initially I wasn't sure how to do it. I didn't know how to get a mic. Then I didn't know how to load it up to a computer. And I, and I was literally bugging Joe. But Joe would be at work having to text me, hey, I'm at work. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? I'd be at his door early morning just waking him up trying to figure out how to do it. And then one day I was listening to, um, I forget this dude's name, but this dude's on uh Instagram, uh, Gary Vito, Gary V, Gary V. Uh And he said something like, 
something resonated with me where he was like, if you want to do some shit and nobody else is fucking with you, put your money up and just do it. So then I just went online. I just looked for a studio and I was like, fuck it. I'll put all the money up, period. Mm -hmm. Just show up. I just called my calls and was just like, just show up. So I went, found a studio, found a dude, an engineer, paid everybody and was just like, we are doing this show. I don't give a fuck if I take a loss for five years until this thing becomes Mm -hmm. something. We are going to do this fucking show. And And that type of drive gains follows no matter what. Like you won't have to reach out anymore. That'd be there for you. That'd be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then step two was finally get on Joe's show. So now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So. It's funny though, cause he jumped into it, and the motherfucker was a natural though. Mm-hmm. Like, like y'all need to listen to this podcast. Like, it, he, he's so professional, and he's having so much. But he's, I mean, not so professional to the point where it seems like robotic or anything like that, mm-hmm. like too technical. Like, he's having fun. He's yeah. talking his normal shit. Conversational this motherfucker talks yeah. shit. <laughs> like, BD been talking shit. Since I met him, I think he was in the 10th grade. I was in the 11th grade, something like that. Like, we met at church. He came, we were on the same church league team. Like, he had to come to church to play on the team. Side note, y'all. Remember, I know you listen to the show. Joey don't believe in God, but he was at, even we met him at church. Why did I just learn that today? We was at work. I was like, oh, we didn't talk about that? Oh, no. okay. Nice. I mean, all right. I, Dude, I have said that so many times. You just were paying listen? attention. Oh. You just were I'm like, I didn't want to hit a blast for me. I was <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Do I hear it now? Maybe. Hey. <laughs> hey, man, look. So wait, wait. Hold up. We need to talk. What are the things y'all talk about? Is it about are, are, are we black men? Are we the... So Hold Up, We Need to Talk is a podcast idea created uh, by me. Initially, again, my first idea yeah. was... Straight black men and yeah. gay black men need to talk and bridge this gap because mm-hmm. we're all in this shit together. Right. And we're, once we get to know each other, at the end of the day, we're still cool. We're still men. Mm-hmm. We still have the same desires. It's just at a certain point, point, one yeah. desire goes one way, one goes another way. Mm-hmm. But literally, it has nothing to do with each other. <laughs> at our foundation, at our core, we're all the same and we're all dope and we're all amazing and we're all talented. So, yeah. And we need to never be at each other's throat. Mm-hmm. But so then this podcast... I'm, I'm getting long-winded. <laughs> no, you so the hold up, we need to talk is just basically about like relationships and dating in this social media era, in the current era of dating. Because I find it that a lot of people still hold on to a lot of old values. Like you see these posts about, girl, if a man really wants you, he's gonna court you and do this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. But in this day and age, some of the things and some of the values and some of the traditions have changed, right? Yeah. Like some women still expect a man to fully pay for everything all the way. Mm-hmm. But it's like, wait. That was created back in the day in the 40s where a woman literally couldn't get a job. Right. Or she was getting a job. She was getting paid, you know, like 10% of what the man is getting. Mm-hmm. Women are holding themselves down right now. Women yes. are amazing. They're, they're, you know, holding great careers right now. So this notion that it still needs to be like that, kind of we can. But if you really want to be chivalrous towards a man as well, like I was raised in a house full of women. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of strong ass women Same with women careers and all kind of stuff and yeah. driven and wasn't they weren't of the notion of like i'm gonna get the bag from a man or whatnot mm-hmm. and quite frankly in my experience a lot of women aren't like that that's just what you're hearing on social media all <laughs> right <the time>. right <laughs> and so i wanted to cut through all the bullshit and say hold up we need to talk men mm-hmm. women and we need to discuss like a lot like niggas dudes don't really be like fuck women 
Mm-hmm. Like that's just what they say on social media stuff. We still care about you. We Pussy still... has always and will forever be the power. Will they be have the, po- and, the power, and it's magical. It literally <laughs> can create a person. It shines. A person can come out that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, but but I mean I know there's some like humor to it, but it's so much more than just pussy, and we know this. Yeah, we don't say it enough. But we love just being in the presence of women, especially intelligent women. Some don't. Some men are completely intimidated by intelligence. And, and I think that's most strong women total argument is that they can't find an equal to feel that they can actually be equal with because they're intimidating everyone. And, you know, that sucks. And that's why a lot of these weak ass black dudes will go to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why they go date other races. I was, I was telling, gonna, yeah. I was telling my homegirl that she was like, "I don't believe that." I was like, "I know dudes, and I can point them out. I'll tell you, like, he's not gonna date a black woman." But that goes back and, and forth too, you, like both ways. That's why that's why black women are dating outside their race, and no, then that's why men started, are dating out their race. No, but I'm gonna tell want. you where it started because those black women still would rather their black men. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, then, I'm, then I'm whoever you're talking to, that's a minority. That's a that's a very low, just from very LA low too. percentage, and it may be very new. <laughs> but, but statistically speaking, right? Um, actually, still like eighty one percent of black people are still marrying black people. Of course. Okay. So so there's a it's a minority both ways. Absolutely. But me, and you can't sit here and act like we don't know the dudes yeah, who will. I mean, all over America. Especially in LA, who will be like, man, I'm about to go to Orange County this yeah. week. <laughs> I'm about to go get me some Asians or some. I Asians. mean, that's especially well, in LA. I'm, this is the most like, white black shit I've will, ever seen in my they life. They will, they will go. They will literally pick communities to go party in because that's what they're. That's the nationality that they're picking this weekend mm-hmm. because they want an easier night. And I don't hear, I don't ever hear am shit I like wrong? that in Chicago. Am, that's an LA thing so hard. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so funny that you even said that. Right when you said that, I literally got two homeboys' faces that popped in my head. Because they'd be like, bro, we're going to do easy pickings tonight. We're heading down to Manhattan Beach. You're like, what? Like, I don't even want to be over there. Like, no, trust me, bro. We're going to hit this up. So I feel what you're saying. But to get back to your point, the podcast is essentially just about like bringing the two sexes together. And let's like have a mature conversation about the fact that, you know, I still love you, women, and women still love men. We still got each other's back. Not all women are trying to get something out of a dude. Some women just want to feel appreciated. Not all men don't care about women and don't mind being... But in our chivalry, times have changed. Mm -hmm. So don't expect the same shit. I'm not finna act like your grandpa, and my my way of showing you that I care is not the same way your grandpa care. And to hold me to that standard is just ridiculous because I'm not going to expect you to act like your grandma. Right. You ain't going to come in my house and me expect you to cook in two weeks. <laughs> like get in that goddamn kitchen. And like your grandpa was doing that on the low. Like that's the ta- the ugly side of it, right? right? But but I the, I hear very often. This was really the foundation how the dating pool in L.A. is so terrible. Or the dating pool in New mm-hmm. York is so trash. Or like the major metropolitan cities where there's a multiple of a large amount of black people, right? I just concur with it being in L.A., but go ahead. But the dating pool in L.A. is trash. But yeah. I, being in L.A., have always found amazing, amazing women in L.A. It's my current girl right now is mm. through the roof. Like, down to earth, cool, don't mind hanging out. Like, um, got a great career doing something with herself as well as 
Looks good on on surface. You would think that she's one of these typical LA. I don't give a fuck. She and honestly, I mean, I'm sorry to say this, babe. On surface, she kind of is. But once <laughs> once you get to know her and crack yeah. that, yeah. she's one of the most amazing, beautiful, strong, kind, caring people in the world. Mm. And I think that's what most of us are. Is just. Uh, a lot of people have this wall up, so this podcast was geared towards let's just break that wall down and stop, like basically fucking ourselves by fucking each other over, because ultimately we just hurt ourselves. And I need to add, I need to add on to that because also I have dated quite a bit in, in LA, and I've met some of the most amazing women. Now, it doesn't mean that we fit, like we had our time, mm-hmm. and then we stopped talking, we stopped dating, broke up, whatever, but. I mean, I'm talking about 85 to 90% of the women I've dated in LA, black women that I've dated in LA have mm. been amazing. So, I'm sure I mean, 80% I of them was yellow, but go ahead. All right. <laughs> hey, that's one thing. Hey, that's one thing. We're not going to disrespect any black women here. Okay. Yeah. But that's what are we're you, talking you, about, you, though. That's what a, a, a LA men do. But we're not disrespecting any black women. All here high yellows. Mm-hmm. Is, is that disrespectful to them, though? What, is to it, high yellow people? Yeah. Well, because what they found that's the whole argument no, about the, what, LA men is that all they all they are dating are women that look no, like Janine Aiko. No, because no, you were the trying, cause at, no, because at first we were saying that they don't even date black women. That's not what the argument was at first. You were, we were talking about them actually dating outside of the race. Mm-hmm. So now you're choosing to say that dating high yellow women is dating outside of the race. No, we are including that in the argument no, as so far as there's so one thing and then there's so the basic, next thing. So basically you're saying that they may as well just be outside of the race. No, what I'm saying but is that I, you whole, seem to not be attracted fam- to family is darker women. That's what family, I'm saying, plainly blank. Besides my mama, <laughs> everybody high yellow. Mm-hmm. Have you seen my cousins? Have you? I'm light-skinned. What is your point? I'm light-skinned. Am I, am I wrong for dating somebody who look like me? No, that's not wrong, but I'm just saying, what is it that made you only want to be mostly relate, I, um, attracted well, to also, lighter-skinned I'm women? Not just attra- I'm attracted to all black women. I know. All black women. Okay. Now, I will say this. I'm a little lazy. Ah! So, if you gave me attention, if you gave me attention and it was like, hey, what's up? And you said, what's up? And I didn't have to work too hard. Mm-hmm. I'd probably talk to you. If we look at all those yellow women that I dated, <laughs> uh-huh. it wasn't hard work. Like, not saying it was hard. It wasn't hard work. Oh, so you're just saying dark women isn't approaching you? They ne- dark women rarely. It's very rare that dark women approach me. Very and, rare. And so you're saying that most of the women that you have taken more seriously or not, whatever, most women that you encounter most, in your dating life most has women been li- light because those most, are the ones that holler at you. Most women who come my way uh-huh. have been light skin that's it have there been dark women to come dark women to come my way yes but most who have come my way mm-hmm. who have shot who have made conversation with me okay that's weak however you want me to lie no i'm just saying it's just though so you want me to lie because you weak you know i think that stems from honestly I think that stems from like a confidence thing of like darker skinned girls when they're younger being picked on a little bit more, light skinned girls as they're younger being praised a little bit more. So then when they get older and they see something that they want, they may go maybe more likely to approach it. I think it stems from that, which is terrible. But I mean, I can see what you're saying. Um, oh, oh, and I will but, say that's a good point though, because I will I will say the dark skinned women who I have talked to, dated, or I, who have not who are, I will say. Not light skinned women because I wouldn't consider them dark, but they're not from LA. 
they're from the East Coast. And because they, they can't, they, man, they were actually really, really confident. So really quick to circle it back to get out the colorism conversation. Mm-hmm. You said that the dating pool in L.A. is trash. Mm-hmm. By your opinion, yeah. My what, opinion. what? 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 Why? Why? Why do you feel that way? Like, what has happened? What is the experience that you've had that, that makes it feel like it's trash? Um, personally, right away, what comes to mind is the colorism here for someone who I'm a darker complexion, mm-hmm. and that I find um, in the gay world here, most of um, gay men, gay black men, have more interest in the white and Latin community. Which and, is interesting. And I don't, and like, for instance, um, if I go back home to Chicago, New York, like, I feel like I'm fucking hot. You know, like, <laughs> these motherfuckers are after me. Yeah. And I come here, and, and I, you know, I know LA is a land of a lot of beautiful people, but I also feel like the gay scene here is even less set for the black people here than any other scene in other uh, metropolitan areas. So dive so. deeper on that. Why do you think there is a sense of like, Almost like what's interesting is because I have another friend out here who's gay Mm -hmm. and he was talking to me about how like there's almost like this weird like segregation within the gay community. And I don't think a community that's consistently been segregated and, you know, dismissed or Mm -hmm. whatever would would never do that, especially to themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't even understand how how that's possible. Like, could you expound on that or even have you even thought about that? Oh, definitely. I mean, Joe has heard me say this many times, but I don't like gay people. Like, as a gay man. What the fuck? You're I, doing it right now. I, I'm trying. I'm trying to, but my encounters with uh, gay men. Is this here, strictly Los Angeles? Mostly Los Angeles because okay. it's not the same where, where other places that I go. I do. I want I want gay friends to know, to learn and know more about myself. I can't. I can't develop meaningful relationships with gay people here because it's all layered with this superficialness, this pettiness, this cuntiness, this layer of uh, jealousies and like all this other shit where I can never get past those layers to see who you really are. And I know a lot of um, um, LA watches that people come here from Midwest and any other hillbilly ass city they coming from and then come here to try to set new alter egos for themselves so it's all this like facades exactly. is what I'm running into over and over again within the gay com- yeah. community. Is, is it the same in like San Francisco? San Francisco I, I have never actually dated or tried to. I don't know that scene. What about Atlanta? Atlanta no it's not the same. If I, When I go to Atlanta it feels more like I guess the Chicago vibe in a sense where I can walk into a room and I don't feel right away that it's all about judgment it's like more of uh okay who is he like oh that's like some black king that's coming in here like they they're open and warmer to me than what that's interesting than what do, it, than what i experience here so do you, you think it's because typically people transplants gay in the gay community that come out here are typically coming out here trying to build a new identity for themselves so they want to shade from anything that they recognize from their past self whether it be yes. from Iowa wherever the hell they came from whatever yeah 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 they um and then you run into those people you run you, you come here and you run into people that I know you from your home city because you're from Chicago and I'm like did you change your name too because then <laughs> this and I'm thinking of three people in um particularly where I'm just like they completely like their personalities isn't that warm that person that I knew before. That's like damn near any transplant. <laughs> yeah, well, that happens to LA. That's why LA 
bad. Yeah, and it's never us. Because predominantly the people who are the, the people who are acting fake or shallow or shit, <clears> they come to an LA with an idea of what LA is and what LA mm-hmm. is supposed to be and the glitz and the glam, and they end up living somewhere close to Hollywood or some of those areas or you know some of the more popular areas, the Santa Monica's and stuff, and they put on a facade of what they think an LAite, if that's the mm-hmm. name of what we're called, Los Angelino is. Well, let me add to that too. I think a big part that ha- that is involved in this is the social like cue here too, because everybody here is for is here for some type of version of a hustle. So here, LA compared to um, anywhere else in the country, what's value before anything is your worth. Your wealth, yeah. what you're doing, yeah. Who are you? And who are you? Yeah. And I feel like gay people just take that and run. Yeah. You know, like they 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 take the most negative female attributes and like amplify it to like yeah. some. Yeah. I met uh, a gay dude in the club one time, and he he introduced me by showing me his Instagram because he had like a right. I'm like house. that don't happen. Yeah. That don't happen hey. everywhere else. And hey. And you, you, and, you and, really, and let me you just, really ain't gonna have no friends after this. And, and, and let me just say this too, like <laughs> I'm talking about D. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not. I gave up on that. Um, but anyway, like <laughs> that's so true too. Because I would go back home and 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 go get into a new setting and find myself about ready to spill my fucking resume because I've been so conditioned here to feel like I have to do that in some type of fashion or way and, and then not to just settle and enjoy the moment of meeting someone new, you right, know, at all. Right, right. So, I mean, I don't want to sound jaded. Of course, I'm completely open, you know, to new relationships and developing them, but it's just that I've been here for seven years and I finally understand what, my, what I am and my place here, you know, so and do what you, I have okay. to develop. Where, and I'm sorry I'm diving into this, but this is just No, this is great. So, where... Are you meeting these gay people? Are you now? Because this can also be a part mm-hmm. of the problem, right? That's and true. I'm just and trying to play a little couch therapy here. Like, yeah. are, are you consistently meeting these people in like, you know, the areas where a lot of gay people congregate and like try to act, you know, better than other, like on the on Santa Monica or West Hollywood? Or are you actually meeting gay people like out in fucking Carson or like, you yeah. know, I would, I would like to think, I don't know. I have no idea what the community is, but... I would like to think that if you met a gay dude, like, you know, in Carson or something, or like, you know, at some bar over there, that that person might be more genuine and interested and open the same way a Los Angeles person would be versus if you met him over on Hollywood Boulevard or something. Yeah, because I'm glad you said that because I remember D was, um, you know, judging L.A. folks. He was talking about how L.A. folks are. And I was like, have you met anybody from L.A.? And I was like, I was like, who? I was like, do you know where that person's from? Because mm-hmm. he lives in North Hollywood. I was like, that's where all the transplants. Mm-hmm. That, I live in Sherman Oaks, but that's right there. Yeah, North Hollywood. I was like, that's the that is where they all land. And then <laughs> right I mean, and I will say definitely, you got a point because my world here only consists of people that is in the industry mostly or some way or fashion connected to that. I don't have reasons to like venture out to you know Carson Torrance and all that or like I I get to those spaces a a lot kind of but it's never in a gay scene you know I would I would challenge you just as somebody it's funny because but that's why dating is challenging because it's like why would I go out there just to go find a nigga like what's funny is what's funny is 
I was about to say, I, I was I was literally about to say I would challenge you as your friend. But this is our first time meeting, but yeah. I listen to you all the time. Yeah, so yeah. I would like feel like I'm your boy or something. But I would challenge you to just get outside of the comfort zone of what you know LA to be, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, at least in my experience with the straight community, that you will find and build more genuine relationships or situations. Like there's gay clubs down in Long Beach. I don't know if you've ever See, been over there. And we talk about, uh, no, not really, but I I have been told that I need to, to go get, venture because and especially see that, with your and career yeah. and where you live, Sherman Oaks. I love Sherman Oaks, but Sherman Oaks is one of those like areas that people mm. transplants move to. West Hot, if you are consistently meeting people in and around those areas and with your career, especially in your career, yeah. I a thousand percent side with you that your opinion of the situation would be that most of these people are fake or superficial or this, this, and that. But I would let you know that as far as LA is concerned, you've probably only touched maybe 10 to 12% of it. And I, I agree with that because even though I just, you know, dogged out Midwesterns who, who have transplanted planning here, the coolest gay people I have met are usually um, it have been gays that are from the Midwest, like they have that vibe or something that I find related to if they haven't changed themselves already. But and, and, you know, Joe and I have talked about the natives here are very different than the most of the people that I that are in my world. And so the gay men that I'm I am dealing with and where I'm finding that, of course, the apps are trash outside of that. I'm not the apps. Y'all be trying, just trying to fuck. Y'all ain't trying to do nothing else. Yeah, you're right. Huh? <laughs> I mean, you're right. And then sometimes, you know, unfortunately, in gay culture, it's like, fuck now, learn about you later. And that. Why don't you stop that? Why don't you say, no? No, you're right. No, no, no. And I have at periods time? of my life. <laughs> <but it's> like, <laughs> His lip quivered when he said, I have. <laughs> I'm so glad he said that. I was like, I was really about to say, win. <laughs> You know, whenever I just feel hold out and I want to break, and then I'm like, okay. And then my brother come through, and you're like, Mm-mm. he's not that attractive. Let me talk to him. First. <laughs> hey, you see I want to ask you a quick question, though. Like, with because I know one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is doing it and meeting new guests and people, different perspectives and insight. And Absolutely. so, a lot of time, I get to walk away fuller yeah. and feeling like, damn. I am a better person because I, you know, I've had this conversation with somebody Absolutely. that I would never That's really talk with before. Also, I do. I, I appreciate that. So I want to ask, like, within your experience doing your podcast, do you recall some of, like, I guess your biggest takeaways? You know, something that kind of resonated and stayed with you. Honestly, and I was I was talking to my co-host. I mean, I go to therapy sometimes, and mm-hmm. so I'm big because therapy is another subject that's like taboo in the black community. It's yeah. like if you go or do have a therapist, you're crazy or something's wrong with you. Which me working in the medical community like it couldn't be farther from the truth Mm -hmm. literally your brain is your most one of your well probably the most important organ you have in your body and to the notion that going to address your brain and fix your brain or get some work done on your brain is a bad thing Mm -hmm. is one of the you know the silliest things that we've done to Mm ourselves so my podcast to me consistently is kind of therapeutic. It's kind of another version of my therapy. Yeah. And I meet people. And one of the biggest takeaways that I, I, I've taken away that I genuinely did not know was that, and you know, I know this isn't kind of you guys podcast, but like part of my, is that black women like are like hurt mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. kind of almost like they feel abandoned. And I had no, I like, I 
I thought I had my finger on the pulse, and you know, I've dated my fair share of women. I got homegirls. I had no idea how deeply rooted this was, yeah. and that's part, also part of why I wanted to start the show because it's like I feel like they're hurt because of a lot of misnomers and misconceptions and stuff that they see on TV or stuff that you know ESPN would like to show or stuff that's happening on social media when in actuality it's just not true, right? Mm -hmm. The same way like how you talked about you know, only meeting people in a specific area and this is w what you've gained and stuff when I challenge you, hey, well, maybe if you try this, maybe you go over there and you get the same experience, maybe not, but at least you tried it. And right. so I learned that there's just a lot that I don't know and that, you know, another thing I learned is that just um, women are much, 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 much more key to talking about sex and being around sex mm. than we ever knew or thought about or wanted to because, you know, I have a co-host that's a female, and typically whenever we bring guests, they're mostly females because there's already two guys on the show. Yeah. So, whoo, they love talking, and it's it's refreshing, yeah. low-key, and it's hilarious. Mm -hmm. It's like y'all have these same-ass conversations right. that we have, but it's just so taboo that we just don't talk to each we other don't, about this man. shit. Yeah. And so then it becomes like this sticky situation. It's mm. like, oh, girls aren't supposed to say that they enjoy sucking dick. No. <laughs> like, she loves sucking that dick. Like, let her, let her be free. No. And that's so crazy that they can't say that when we know it's so many. Right. Like, we know who loves to suck dick and who loves to fuck. D, you couldn't tell us you were leaving? Where are you going? I can't see. You don't need to see nothing. <laughs> we're like doing the podcast in the dark. <laughs> I thought it, it was getting intimate. Uh, it's real intimate? Yeah. I was, you, like, you like setting it to yeah. dark and whispers? Yeah, man. Okay. All right. I'm about to go uh -huh. turn the light on, y'all. Uh -huh. <laughs> man, shit. That's... Uh, Okay, before we do move on to the topics, what was like, I don't know, you said takeaways, but what was your favorite episode? Yeah. Uh, my favorite episode was episode X, which is basically, we were just all talking raunchy shit and just about sex and different. Mm -hmm. type. Rated X. <laughs> I mean, are we not, are we, am I not supposed to be real on here? I thought this was real. Your show was where I learned that you got to be. I didn't say nothing about you being real. I said, of course, that was your, that's me being real with you. <laughs> My favorite was so two two episodes. One favorite episode is X, episode X, where we just get into it, like talk about all kind of shit, like introducing toys and men that are like insecure about having toys or or th and threesomes and having having threesomes and shit like that and and things of that nature like we literally got into a whole bunch of taboo off topic i mean like don't talk about hush hush subjects in regards to sex and then another one was just like a really big breakthrough where our co-host barb was just kind of like talking about some of the trauma that she dealt with growing up because she on the flip side and didn't have her mom mm -hmm. like her dad was super present her dad was that what, like always there, always took care of her, always everything. Her mom was like hooked on drugs, never around, never nothing. Mm -hmm. So she has a whole different set of like traumas involved, which is interesting and stuff. And I have my own set of traumas because my dad wasn't there. So right. I'm like your stereotypical inner city dude with the pops who just kind of wasn't there. Mm -hmm. She's on the flip side. So me and her kind of bonded on what one episode and even brought her to like tears and stuff. So there was just some major breakthroughs in that in that show. So it was amazing. Yeah, those types of episodes have been my favorite to do here too because I think we learn the most from each other's traumas. You know? Absolutely. You learn more about yourself and that you may not even recognize, but you see it in someone else when they you know formulate the way to yeah. explain it. Yeah. But what we about to get into is that Dave Chappelle special yeah. on Netflix. I mean Sticks and stones. Sticks and stones, baby. Yeah. Um, 
me, okay, you know, the whole hoopla about it is that, you know, it was really offensive for some sets of people. He, he really, you know, got nitty gritty and just talked about some shit that made people uncomfortable. I mean, right away, I'm just going to say as a gay man, I didn't see that at all. <laughs> like, not in, the little, not in the least bit. Like, I could see, like, nothing that was, because I was waiting to, to, like, oh, my God. But no, like, I mean, I thought it was incredibly smart and that it was actually informative and educational for a lot of folks. And I'm going to say why, but go ahead. It was the typical Dave Chappelle shit to me. It was you laugh, but you think almost more than you laugh. Mm-hmm. Like it's more thought provoking than it is like hilarious funny where you're just like, like knee slapping funny. Like I watched it, but I, I watched it like three times because I thought it was really, really fucking good, really intelligent. And this motherfucker, he just saved comedy to me. No, I can feel this that. Is, that. That special just saved comedians, saved comedy. Now it's like, okay, do your work. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about it, BB? So, so from the top, honestly, um, I didn't think it was his best work. I hear a lot of people like, oh, it's great. It's like one of his. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I didn't think. I think that Dave Chappelle, the, that's been back from Africa, is like a more thought conscious. Re- mm-hmm. When selfishly, I kind of liked his work before he left. Like, he, I mean, his best me, work to me is Dave Chappelle's show. Like, that's the best yeah, work. Yeah, like he's done. he was funny as fuck before he left. Now, since he's come back, he's been much more thought. Uh, thought-provoking and things to your nature and stuff like that, which you were talking about, Joe. But also in, in regards to the offensive stuff, I just found it to be, what was interesting was like, I found it to be like a counterculture to the culture of like the PC era. Mm-hmm. And I found it to be, it, it's like, he almost to an extent to me was like standing up for like rich guys and comedians. Cause he was like, I can say these things, I can do these things. And if you're offended, so what? I don't give a fuck. Gross sense of humor, which is fine to me. I found a lot of it funny. I did find some of it just to be like, okay, we get it. Like you're rich. Like if you nut on a girl, you don't want to be canceled. Like <laughs> we, get, we get this shit. But at the same time, it just kind of across the board. What really stood out to me, which is interesting, it was funny that you said that you, because some very stark Trump supporters at my job, I work in the medical field for you. Know, and know, they open about it, huh? They're very open about the fact that they support Trump, right, in those hospitals. Oof, that's hard. Um, I'm sorry about that. Loved the special. Mm-hmm. Came was like, Marcus, did you see that Dave Chappelle? Mm-hmm. Was, uh, and that to me is like, <laughs> Okay, if you're he's, he's got these people who have the who use these situations and opportunities to prove mm. that they're not racist, mm-hmm. right? As a guys, like that's kind of like a pause, like Dave. So what specifically had me kind of like when I mean when he's literally on the stage yelling like faggots, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like you can say that joke without being like, you don't need to be going that hard to get that joke, get that joke off. And I understand what you're doing because you know, they don't push back that hard when you're saying nigga, but also you're like being short sighted as to why that is. And you're acting like, Oh, well this is comedy. I could get away with saying whatever. Yeah, that's fine. And that's cool. And I laugh. Ha ha. But you also somewhat got to deal with the repercussions. I just find it interesting that people, you know, in this era are pushing back against someone not liking how you're treating them or talking to them. 
See, I when I saw that, it's more to it gets me thinking more about how nobody gives a fuck about black reparations, right? Mm-hmm. No. But if we discuss like things that benefit gay folks, like it's getting a lot of support. Like we will, and black people, a lot of a lot of us, especially black gay people, will support gay issues issues that before, you yeah. know are beneficial to to gay folks but I, but I, they will not you don't hear these you don't hear none of the white gay folks speak to the issues that will support black folks I, so it's like okay no no what i'm saying my point is his comparison with faggot mm-hmm. versus nigga mm-hmm. y'all don't mm-hmm. care about niggas at mm-hmm. all right. y'all don't care about black folks right. y'all don't care about being us being disrespected you don't give a fuck about that. And that but as a, soon as I say this word, mm-hmm. you're ready to dismiss me. But there's a reason behind it. They're dismissing the reason behind it. That's to an extent. Although I agree with the overall premise, because what I noticed it is when like Gay Pride Month took place, like companies were changing their like Apple had more than ever. I had Rainbow yeah, Flag, Google, everything, which is amazing. Great. I'm all behind. But when February, February rolls around, around, our short ass month, you, you can't don't do see no mother Apple changing their thing to the African flag. Mm-hmm. You don't see Google, Google with you know black fists up there every day and talking about the Black Panther Party and all the positive things they did. You don't see all these companies like fucking Gap coming out with like celebrate Black History and all that. So I understand what you're saying, but the context by which Dave is trying to get that across to me is like apples to oranges. It's like. You can't say that word because you don't earn that word because you're not a part of that community. It has nothing to do with more acceptance or not. Like, and so, and also to an extent, I mean, you and I have had this conversation. The word nigga, black people have fucking run that goddamn word into the ground. To me, nobody should say it. I don't like, I refrain from saying it. I never call my fellow brothers niggas ever, mm-hmm. even in fun, relaxed situations. But if we're going to literally say it all day, every day, every song, every movie, everywhere, every, it'd be, I, I cringe because it'd be two black dudes in a store, like in Gucci, mm-hmm. talking in front of this white lady, like, nigga, you see these motherfucking shoes, nigga? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're literally wearing it down, saying it all day, every day, who are we? To now get on a pulpit and be like, oh, you don't care when I say this. It's like the context is just off. Those two words are just not correlated to me personally. But they never stopped us before. Never stopped us. I'm saying they when when were they like, mm, don't say it? Well, it's because we were the ones that were starting. They stop us from doing everything else. They stop us from doing everything I'm else. Calling each other and the, 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 like, the funny thing is that on the Chappelle show, there was a Hispanic dude who said nigga all the time. Exactly. But I'm saying you, they didn't care about that. But are, he wasn't black. You said we own the word. He don't own the word. Okay, so let's make an equivalent. Are there gay people who out say faggot? Everywhere on TV, in rap songs, everywhere you see. They don't have. TV. I don't know a lot of gay rappers. That's a good point. Sorry. So go ahead. Do you use faggot? Um, when I am like, because one of my favorite sayings is, um, "Can we, can we be gay men instead of cunty ass faggots?" That's my whole. Like I say, but I use it in that way. But uh, I, I don't, I don't hear it regularly when I go in. Uh, oh, nowhere near as regularly as you gonna hear nigga for sure. No, that's okay. All right, all right. And we're in the word. No, we, uh, I mean, they may not. They they still will own the word though. But they do technically, but they're not owning it. They're not using it, it as often as we do. As if it's all good for everybody to use it. I mean, because of the trauma we've gone through in this fucking country. But then you have a. 
Then you have a Kanye West standing at his concert holding the mic over the crowd like you can say nigga say Jesus Christ and and say, like oh my goodness as he's rapping <laughs> but but you see my point everywhere you turn there's more and more black people making it more and more acceptable so then now when studio heads aren't jumping in like hey don't say that it's because to an extent it's I, like I'm just about ownership. I hate the word. I wish we'd never say the word. I don't like saying it and stuff. And I'm with you. We shouldn't say it. And they shouldn't allow it on studios. But if you're going to have motherfucking Jeezy with a song saying nigga and every white kid in that audience saying it and him not checking anybody about it, you don't see gay people walking around whenever I'm in gay areas. Like, I don't even feel comfortable saying it for this show. But you don't see gay people out there like uh, when I'm in motherfucking a store in West Hollywood because Cedars is right by West Hollywood. You don't say, hey, what's up, faggot? We about to get something to eat, faggot? But you show the hell see, hey nigga, get out that car, nigga. We about to grab some eat. Okay, but what about the context? Because we I thought, don't know the context of how that word was used. Because I doubt he was saying it like "What's up, faggot?" or like I'm pretty sure it it felt in context with whatever the story was. He talking but about as in relation know. to the special, like yes. the way he was context. Yeah. Well, what I thought was interesting about the context was that yeah, he was making that faggot and nigga comparison, but he used it as an educational moment as well Absolutely. because. As far as the his his bit on LGBT was genius because that I thought was he thought it, it was a metaphor and I don't know if everybody caught it but it was like um, I think he said something about how LGBT is not one big movement. What he was alluding to was how like every letter of that of LGBT have their own specific fight yeah. and that how he was going on with the bit to say trans people are in they fight by themselves the most. Yeah. And I thought that that was, I thought that that was such an important message. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, cause you don't even, you just started liking trans like a month ago. Do not say that on playing, the air. I'm joking. Oh my really, God. No, really, <laughs> it's not. I really just, play. I love my trans community I and you have you. always had my support. Please. <laughs> Man, I was joking. Y'all. I should have never said that. But yeah, again. that was his, I love that. That was, it was like, he, kind of what Joe and I have um, talked about with, when we talked about trans people on, on air before about like everybody can get it. We're going to joke about everybody and the way that he joked about them and then also gave them some humility at the end. I like the way that he kind of summed yeah, that yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, again, I think it was good. I appreciate it. I laughed a lot in the show, right? Mm -hmm. I think it was great. I laughed a lot in the show. Uh, I just think there was just certain points of it where he was trying to drive the point home. Like, for example, that one joke where he goes, okay, I'm going to do an impression, right? Oh, yeah. Who, if I find out anything ever about you ever in life, I'm going to cancel you because, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you, you don't, if I find out something 10 years from now, you're going to cancel you. you, you know, this, this, and that. You know mm -hmm. who that is? That's you, the audience, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's like, I understand what you're trying to say, and by which I agree with it. Motherfuckers are so ready to cancel somebody so quick and so sensitive nowadays. A lot of these motherfuckers is just bitches out here. Mm -hmm. Like you need. And that to, was like, the bigger point of the whole thing was just that we so CP now. We just, I mean, CP. <laughs> we so PG that yeah. we can't can nobody live. Can't nobody know? live, and can't nobody say something. Can't nobody make a mistake, mm -hmm. right? But the notion by which he's trying to correlate it as if like, like. A lot, people aren't getting canceled for no Rudy Poo small shit like saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. People are getting canceled for some heavy, significant well, I things. Think the example he used was literally the example that actually John and I had got into it about, about Louis C.K. Right. Because his perspective, it was almost verbatim what came out of my mouth. I'm like, I think the scenario was he got finished with a show, met some groupies, 
invited him to his room three o'clock in the morning. Yep. They get up there. He asks about masturbating in front of them. They say, oh, we thought he was joking. He pulls his penis out, complete his masturbation, and then now they're disgusted, and now they put the, this shit out for him to pretty much lose his career. I just felt like there was some accountability on the other side, too, because who you, you go into somebody's room three o'clock in the morning, you don't think his mind ain't going to be no free body shit, or you have the opportunity to cut this shit in the butt and cut this shit before he actually ejaculated. Like, it was too much gray area, you know? Yeah. And that's I, the example he used on the show where I'm like, now his... I'm not I, blaming him for... I'm not going to say y'all deserve some accountability for being there at 3 o'clock in the morning. I mean... But, oh, but he told... Oh, wait, wait, wait. All I'm saying... Why? Hold on, hold on. I'm not. I'm not. Why not? So that means that, you know, they... Okay, because if I say that, then it's like, all right, you went over there, you deserve... To you, you must have sex, or you must do something sexual. You must be okay with this, or be okay with that. But well, listen I was, to me. What I'm saying mm -hmm, is, mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not saying they deserve some accountability. Accountability. All I'm saying is, he jacked off. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Yeah. But also, he asked the question. He asked the question. I just don't like, think, like, as long as he didn't get none on you, right? You really could have turned your head. And he asked you, he asked you if this is going to be okay. you could have left. You could have left. Like, it was it too was much fuck? in between for this, for it to ultimately yeah. end up, like, fucking his career up. Like, that wasn't worth all of that. Okay. And he's also an idiot, but whatever. Yes, that part too. Wait, is that genuinely all that happened? I don't That's the story, the way that I knew it. And now when I hear it on Dave Chappelle, he said it's exactly the way that happened. Yes. Right. So, yeah, like, that in and of itself shouldn't care. Because as you much. I don't know. Hold on. <laughs> what fucking are we trying to incriminate me? What kind of fucking bullshit am I? What kind of shit happening? Is, is, is that dude to catch a predator going to come out the back? Hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Look, I've, I've lived a life. I've pulled my penis out many times. Mm -hmm. I didn't really jack off, but I've definitely whipped out. Like, hey, guys. Woo! Let's see what happens. Penis. Okay, so in saying that, right? Mm hmm if okay, I, I want to circle back to this. If you go, if a, if you go to someone's hotel room at three in the morning, although you're absolutely right, and I will stand up for any woman on this motherfucking earth, you don't have to do anything. No, but are you not of the thought? If you it's, are it's not in of the, the air. thought process, right? It's in the air. The opportunity, the, the, the possibility. There is. There, there's. <laughs> my mama used to say it all the time. Right. Mm. There's only two things open after two in the morning. Right. Legs and liquor stoves. Yeah. And most people are already drunk. Mm hmm So what are you what is your intention to show up to someone's room at three in the morning, even if just to talk, and then the moment the conversation goes, because I've had this situation you have first saying, like I've invited a girl back to my room at like three, four in the morning. She come in the room, she's just trying to talk. I try to like scoot over, you know, the little, you know, the nigga shit you scoot mm -hmm. next Create to Create space her, for this to happen. You know, touch her thigh, be like, <laughs> right. oh, so what's up? How are you? And she's like, oh, no, no, what'd you think we were going to do? I'll be like, well, it is like four in the morning. I thought maybe mm -hmm. I might have an opportunity here. Right, right, know, right. Just a little time. Am I, I wrong? Know. I'm sorry. I, yeah, you know? my bad, right? <laughs> she's like, no, no, I'm not like that. I'll be like, all right, well, then, you know what? I'm about to go to sleep. <laughs> Because I mean, I was absolutely respect you. I would never assault right. anybody and nothing non consensual. But you're not gonna waste my time at four in the morning. Right. I'm, I'm missing sleep I'm missing for this. Sleep. Mm -hmm. and you had intentions. 
Right. I had an intention, and if you didn't have that intention, that's absolutely okay. You can leave at your will. No doors are locked, but you is not mm-hmm. gonna keep me up and waste my time. So the notion that you go to somebody's room and expect them to just sit there and just have a conversation with you, I don't know where you're from. I've never ex- been to no city where people do that. <laughs> I mean, but people do do that. I mean, if you're out and about, and you're like, "Yo, let's all go back to the room and hang out," like, what's like, all define all? One of, like, if it's just you and a girl. The only thing that's happened he, is where he, the sex was the intent at first, and then you accidentally end up vibing, and y'all may not even fuck. So it happened in reverse. I mean, I, <laughs> but look, like, I, women have come to my house at three o'clock in the afternoon for the first time and fuck. Women have come to my house <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning and not fucked. Mm-hmm. Like what I'm saying is, I'm not like I'm, I just cannot put the accountability on anyone for doing it. Like you came. Like he ain't got to do shit. No, the accountability is the accountability for them to take it this far in his career. I feel like they should have just left as soon as he said some shit like that. That shit wild to him. (laughs) Fuck out, like leave and don't look at him jack off. I'll tell you this, motherfucker, one of the homies say I'm about to jack off. (laughs) I'm like, all right, I'm about to jack off, Joe. What you gonna do? I'm out. Hey, oh, we in my house. Put the headphones no, back not. on, you, about, you better get up out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Can't jack it off in this house. I'm the only jack off in this house. Oh, okay. So last thing about this really <laughs> quick before we, we jump subjects. The overwhelming thing I got from it, A, it was funny, but B, it also to me felt like a preemptive strike. Like there might be something out there Follow for up. Dave. Like there's maybe somebody may come out with some shit one day mm-hmm. and he's just sending it to like to let the world know like, hey, people make mistakes. Don't cancel me. Shit. Mm-hmm. It felt like a preemptive like he's making jokes about all this stuff and it's OK to joke about all this stuff. But like if something happens to me, guys, don't cancel me. But I don't even know don't something. He's ab- scared. Uh, he's not because it's something about him that he's created this lane for him where he does seem to be a version of untouchable with this, which is why he was able to do a special with well, such, you know, controversial subjects. Because I think, I mean, if you watch the, the previous two Netflix yeah, specials, did, on yeah. the second one specifically, it was more of him just talking. He does come off genuinely concerned and interested uh, other than some other celebrities. And he does come off as compassionate when he's actually talking to you versus when his stand-up is around, and then that's just different. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I do, I do think that when we're watching this and we're listening to him through all the jokes, we see, like you're saying, like he gives a fuck. Right, he does. Like he actually does, he does not hate anyone. He's never been, from the beginning, you never believed that he had an issue with anybody. That's the whole thing about and it. That's, is that, why yeah. I, that's why I can sit back and laugh and not take any of it serious because right. you, you know that there's somebody right there talking to him like, yo, I want you all to live a fruitful life. I don't want anybody to hurt you. I don't want anybody to kill you, nothing, and I want you to just live to your best, and that's it, and I'm going to make these jokes, laugh at them or not. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, yeah. So we're going to move on to um, Malik Yoba. Yes, he- and guys, quick call, quick fucking with Malik Yoba. He over there trying to do some, uh, some, some Rosa, real work, some man. Rosa Parks yeah, type shit. He is. You know, because a lot of y'all are fucking trans folks. You know in, what's going on, Marcus? You know what's okay. okay. All right. Like, so Malik Yoba came out and said that he is attracted to trans women. Mm-hmm. We got a new term called okay. trans attracted. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. So I I listened to half of the interview on the Breakfast Club, and he said that he is a heterosexual man who is attracted to women. Mm-hmm. He is not 
making a distinction between cisgender women and trans women. He's just saying he is attracted to women. And he sees trans women as women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just... A tra- I, I, I get what... I get that. I mean, when you... Because, I mean, honestly, let's be real. If we, some, there are some trans women, you're like... You, you're surprised when they say... They, when you find out they're trans. Mm-hmm. Like, like, on Pose... Sound it? like Joe trying to come out with something. You got something to expose here? Actually, I saw Joe with a trans woman. She okay, was yellow. Stop it. You <laughs> motherfucking lie. Like, I, don't, okay. So. <laughs> How y'all doing? No, fine. No, no. You still but, doing work, Joe. But, you doing good work. But, but we, <laughs> no, listen. We have talked about this before. I respect it. I want you to live your life. I, But if. There was a surgery to remove, or you're, there's something still there. I, I'm gonna go with the cisgender women. I don't want. I'm good. No, no disrespect. Just not my steez. Mm-hmm. And I know, no matter what I say after I say no disrespect, you already feel disrespect because I don't want to date trans women. Mm-hmm. So my adversely, I feel disrespected by not being allowed to have my own preference and own choice. Like, although to your Me point, too. I absolutely one thousand percent respect and acknowledge your, who you are and who you decide to be, and I have no issues with that mm-hmm. absolutely whatsoever. But the notion that I'm somehow now a bad person just because my preference is to date a woman that was—I I don't know if this is even appropriate to say—but born a woman. Can I mm-hmm. say that? Is that is that respectful? I'm sure it offends somebody, but well, I understand what you're. Yeah, we're still learning. We're still learning. I'm lear- okay. <laughs> I will get out here, out in front of it. I'm learning here, so I may tinker around some words and say some things. And if you guys don't appreciate what I say, go to my Instagram, Spine Life, S P I N E L I F E. Send me a DM, and I am more than willing to have an open, cordial conversation. Send with him you. a DM. Do not send us a DM. <laughs> <laughs> so send me a DM. I am more than open to listen to where I've been wrong. But what I will say in regards to Malik Yoba, uh, I guess my question is, is what stage are they at in the transition? Is this just somebody who has makeup on or is in mm. still kind of has, you know, when you pull out the pants, it's a, it's a dick down there or have they went to the full transition where there's no. And I don't even know the stat when someone I, educate me here. I don't know. I, Look, OK, see, I'm glad you brought that up because we were talking about that earlier. That was one of the questions that DJ, DJ Envy had. And he, they kind of attacked him, like, kind of shut down the question, talk about it being basically disrespectful. Because he was trying to see, he was trying to see, is there a distinction and how, how are we making the distinction between uh, trans women, fully transitioned people who are no longer with a penis. And it has to be one of and, the top three questions, and, yeah, because, you know, that. Because I, when I'm thinking about that, I'm like, yeah, I want to know how we're feeling about that because. Mm-hmm. If you say you're you're attracted to a woman, you're attracted to women, and you're saying trans women, whatever, I'm attracted to women. When that trans woman still has a penis and she takes off her clothes and there's a bling, a boy, how do you go, boing? (laughs) That's a a penis sound, everyone. That's a a penis sound. (laughs) All right, look, my attraction is no longer there. If I had an attraction, that's dead. Like, I'm like, ah. I'm good, man. That's a penis. Because the fundamental, I like vagina. Like I really yeah. like when I talk about loving, like being attracted to a woman. Like it's 
what I perceive she's going to look, how she's going to look naked, all mm -hmm. that shit. Mm -hmm. So when I take off her clothes and I'm like looking at her like, God damn, look at you. That penis is not going to keep me there. Mm -hmm. Because that and is then, part of that's and, it, and, and, and if the, and if she had her penis removed, what about that? I mean, if she has a vagina, I, I mean, I feel like that would be a different distinction for us, for people who are saying they're attracted to women. Like, if it's still there, how, is that still being attracted to a woman? I, I look, I don't know. I, I have a genuine question. I have no idea, and I don't know if you have any idea. I'm just asking you because I feel like you're closer to the subject than I am. Uh huh. You'd be surprised how, how far I am. Really? <laughs> Go <Okay>. ahead. <laughs> you know, Once someone is quote unquote fully transitioned, uh -huh. penis is gone, everything. Is there actually like a hole there, and they pee and like two holes, just like a woman, where there's a pee pee hole and a fuck hole? Yeah, it's a pussy. It's, it's a real. Or is vagina. it all one hole? Did you not listen to? Chappelle's uh, oh, no. the last part where he said on. he was talking to one of the trans uh, he had a trans fan uh, who oh, yeah. was in uh, the front row and super supporter and was a little nervous because he's like damn I'm about to jump to some, trans some transgender jokes and I hope they're still laughing and they were still laughing he said he had a drink he said after he's done getting a drink He's like, then I felt her pussy and it felt real. <laughs> it was it was a joke. But I remember still, that. <laughs> he said that shit. Yeah, they so is it? Yeah, they split the penis. Uh huh. And they pretty much stuffed the penis into them um, to kind of mold uh, the position of what a vagina would be. Mm -hmm. um, as far as it being, because I know a woman has a, a actual ur um, urination hole mm -hmm. and then the actual mm -hmm. vagina mm -hmm. for intercourse or mm -hmm. babies and all that. But I, you know what? Almost what um, Terrence Mo County was talking about. It's kind of hard to speak about this, this to this degree without a trans person in the room. But right. I will say, yeah, this is a pretty in depth. But I do believe, and here comes the DMs. <laughs> I do believe that they just have one hole, hole that they're um, the pee urinating and out of, use and sex. probably used for sex. Yeah, and I'm sure it doesn't get. Moist, so you would need to use like a lube in order to do it. I would suspect so. So, so these are all things that, like, even if I came across a woman that, like, I was consistently having to use lube and stuff, mm -hmm. like, I've had that experience in the past. Well, that's my experience. <laughs> that wasn't that was kind of a turn. So, right. even like, there's just certain things. So, if that's Malik's deal mm -hmm. for sure, um, it, people were like, well, is he gay? Is he gay? To me, it matters what stage that person is in transition. If you pull, so for you, it matters on what stage. If you pull mm -hmm. off someone's pants and there's a penis there and you mm -hmm. still turned on, you gay, friend. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. I don't mind. But but that's it is what it is. Or bisexual. You're bisexual. What, what? If you tell me you're not gay, you're not gay. Then. I, I'm okay with just go staying with that. Like If you say you're attracted to women, you're not gay. I'm not going to claim that you're gay. Right. I'm, and... You know, I, it does. It, it does. I look for me. I'm just if that man is saying he's not gay, because this is the fundamental argument, and I think gay. this is the argument that's going to go forever. If, he's, if, if he's it's a trans woman, no matter what stage physically she's at, she is going to feel that she was born a woman. That is fact for her. So biology has no no place in, in her concept of her feminine femininity. That's, that's the that, difference. That is definitely how. And so how for everybody, for most people in the world, they're stuck to the, bi the biology of it. That's the fundamental so difference. They feel like, so, so when I say 
I want to date a woman who's born a woman. Their retort would be, I was born a woman. Exactly. I was the wrong parts. Exactly. Absolutely. That's the fundamental difference. The same like, way a natural woman, I guess, I don't even know if that's the right word, would like get a butt enhancement because she felt like she wasn't given a big enough butt. Right. I just wasn't given the right parts downstairs. Yeah. So the question would be, are you cisgender? Are you a cisgender woman? That would be the question. Um, like uh, bi- uh, biologically. Biologically and labeled by the doctor as a woman. A woman. woman. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, in my, I use this phrase because I got it from Joe in one of the earlier shows. In my younger, immature days, I would have been laughing and giggling and acting like he was Mm -hmm. like some kind of weirdo dude. But like, bro, if that's your thing, if you, and you know what? I applaud you for being that open with yourself. Oh, my God. So much so because this is the reason why the trans community is so abused and discarded because we have Malik's out there. This is why they're being killed. They need trans people and they're not wanting to disclose it or want it to be a secret so hard that it's deadly for them. Malik Yoba, like, I mean, I know everybody wants to clown him. Like, Like, honestly, mostly ignorant folks are trying to clown, but- this shit is huge for that community. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and he, he's Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks in this bitch. That, yeah. that sound right? Yeah, yeah. But he, <laughs> I get that. I get what you're saying. Sounds more like he might be like, bye. But like my get my friend in New York, that's my best friend is gay. Mm-hmm. Um, he always says, you know, sexuality is a spectrum. Sexuality is a spectrum, and the notion of gay or straight isn't shouldn't even be there. It's just areas mm-hmm. of the spectrum that you. Uh, you know, so wherever he lands on his spectrum, uh, I applaud that and I'm glad that he came out and I'm glad because I had never even considered, like I had just thought about the plight of the trans community, but then there right. is also a community of men who don't mind dating them. That the and moment yeah. it comes out, mm-hmm. they like, don't mind, they don't mind fucking them. They don't that's mind, the difference. They don't mind fucking, fucking them, them behind closed doors and actually, the I problem is can, they won't guess, date them. I guess them. you can <laughs> say dating them without taking them out on dates. Cause they will, cause, cause what I'm saying is that they, no, okay, they won't be in a public romantic relationship because, like, from what I'm gathering from like what a lot of trans folks are saying, are these men will love them, and talk to them, and be there for them, and do anything for them behind closed doors. So not just fucking, Mm -hmm. but actually being in somewhat of a relationship. Behind closed doors or never out in public so it's because like a new of it. DL. Yeah. Hmm. That's the way to put it. Yeah, I can see right? that. Like, yeah. they, they, because at new, one point. But it's not new. <laughs> so at one point, you know, it was wildly taboo for men to be gay. And you guys, you know, were executed and fucking there were mm-hmm. laws against it and all kind of shit. So people had to do everything behind closed doors. But then, you know, as things started to become more and more accepted, things were happening in the open. So I guess it's kind of the same thing. Even though there are no laws against it, people get ridiculed so much that they're willing to harm the other person just to keep that secret, Mm -hmm. which is wild. So, I mean, you know, if he wants to come on, that's ultimately also what I've learned from my show and listening to y'all show and just talking to people like... What somebody likes is really, frankly, just nobody else's like business like that. Like it mm, just is. No. If that's your thing and you like that shit, cool, dog. Like mm. I, I'm happy for you. But adversely, right? Mm. If it's me, yeah, just give me that same distance. I'm not into that. Yeah, and that's I. I, I it, I'm not trying to. I'm not labeling somebody. I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm not saying that 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 person's weak or anything of like that. I'm, that's just not my thing. Just same reason, you know, like some of these interracial relationships. 
I'm into my sisters. I love taking care of my sisters. I love being there for my sisters. I'm not necessarily into the to the other end of the spectrum. But if you want to do that, that's fine. You can have that. I, I do. I I do want to make a make a point though because it was brought up. Charlemagne said, "What's wrong with me saying I don't care?" Because what he means when he says he don't he doesn't care is he's like, dude, I don't care who you're dating, what you're doing, just live your life. But you have to be careful about saying you don't care because there there are people who need you to actually care. That's the part. Like these groups of people need you to care for their lives. Well-being. Like need you to care, like like be okay with the people that love them and want to date them mm-hmm. so these people can walk around with the people that they love without being so scared of the backlash with it may it may send them to killing themselves because that happened. That's why Malik Yoba said what he said, because there was a young man who was getting um, berated by folks, I believe, in New York, in the Bronx or Harlem, something like that. And they said, you uh you fuck with tran you fuck with trannies or whatever. They kept like being on his head about it, like being really disrespectful, say you a faggot and all that stuff. I hope that's what they said or else I'm just making this shit up and I sound really bad. But um, they were really going at him hard. And um, I believe he killed himself. Mm-hmm. And that's why Malik Gilbert said what he said. And like, and I do think. Then that becomes, I don't care, but say, you could say that with explanation. Every fucking time, I think you should say that with explanation mm-hmm. because right there, I would say, why? Like, I don't care who you date because I want you to. Like whatever you want to like, love whoever you want to love, be attracted to whoever, and I'm not gonna judge you for it because those people really it was like a like a bunch of dudes on his head. Why did they give a fuck that much? Because dude, we know all the ones who be on people's head and care that much are scared for people to know what they actually fuck with. They're they're behind the scenes lo- likes and loves. There's searches mm-hmm. on their ex video <laughs> account <laughs> and Pornhub. <laughs> Like, dude, when you go to jail, you trying to get some head out of one of these gay dudes in there, man. Like, this is what you do. I know that there is a span of trans issues, but I do want to take, I I hope that we can take some of the energy on trying to get the, the logistics right for people to understand and focus more on the issues of 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 making it okay for like what you say, for people who are attracted to trans to be to feel free enough to say. And be and be open with that because yeah. I think that's where the most harm is happening. Yeah, and yeah. That, like when I think about the I don't care or who cares, you go back to the like that conversation with um, Kevin Hart and Lil Nas X. I don't. Uh-huh. I, I I I'm not. It's not okay for people to be going hard at Kevin Hart. He was really just trying to say like it don't matter, but it did. Like when he was said, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Be who you. That's what he was really trying to say. Be who. Again, he didn't have the explanation that you were speaking. Yeah, follow it up. Yeah, exactly. Because it was very important that like Lil Nas X coming out was really important. Mm -hmm. I was like, after he got you with your music, he said, "Bow, there I go." (laughs) Because he really, because he, because really showed that things have changed, Mm -hmm. but not as much as we would hope, especially in our community. Because as soon as he came out. Man, it was that that song was done in so many black dudes radio. They're like, oh, I don't want to hear that gay mm-hmm, shit. Like, mm-hmm. this is we're still we still have a have a generation who is stuck on that shit. Yeah, 
I mean, look, it's sad to say, when I die, that's when the generation dies as well, <laughs> because yeah. there's, def- there's definitely people yeah. around my age. So, I guess what's interesting is, I, I think the Kevin Hart situation is a little different in the regard. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying because when you were saying, you know, it's you can't just say I don't care because it made me think of this um, <clears throat> this quote that I don't remember where I got it from, but it basically. I think about it all the time. Evil is only allowed to exist when good people don't do anything about it. Wow. Right? I haven't heard that one before. So that resonates with me often, mm-hmm. right? Like whenever I see or hear something bad about somebody, whether it be some something with somebody gay, whether it be somebody with somebody Latino, mm-hmm. black, uh, any injustice happening, somebody who wouldn't do that to someone else, it's not enough for us to just not care. We also, you also to an extent have to stand up for that. So I appreciate you saying that to me, Joe, but in regards to the Kevin Hart situation, I think he was jump. See, he was wrong to me in that spot simply because I think he was jumping out and trying to defend himself because he knows he has, you know, certain things in interviews that he said, the so Oscar he was, thing happened. He was trying to be that. so proactive. Like we don't care. We don't care. We accept you. Mm-hmm. But a, that wasn't his place or his time. No. He was talking over this kid, kid. He was a kid. Yeah. That was this the problem kid too. Who's trying to articulate a tough spot in a room full of grown oh, man, ass men. I was saying the same thing. First of all, shame on HBO for even putting him in that position mm-hmm. with a bunch of dudes who are drinking and wildly successful, been successful with mother, and then now, okay, explain why you came out when you did. And he has to be a voice for someone like me. He has to be a voice for like a community, yes. he doesn't even have a Agreed. voice for himself yet. Exactly. So shame on HBO for putting mm. everybody in that position, but then Kevin, like, I understand what you're trying to do, and I understand that you're trying to say that you support, you, you're supportive by not caring. You can live how you want to live, but in that spot, you just need to take a seat and allow this person to articulate how they feel especially when kevin when he was like yeah because you know it's hard because you you know you know how it is and kevin's like what do you mean you know what do you mean you know how it is exactly and he had to check him like dude you get it like he literally had an interview where he's saying that he'd slam his son slam a castle over his a son doll head if a dollhouse if he tried to be gay and it's like so the stigma of all that stuff of our community talking shit about gay people consistently you know a slur against a, a homie is like, dude, you gay. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, like I had to stop saying that because that's just the equivalent of a white person telling another white person, dude, you're black. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to stop saying that. You can't, somebody last gay. Week. <laughs> last week. <laughs> so calling somebody is literally a slur against an entire community. Like, and people are, so the notion that Kevin was trying to be like, why? Why was it hard? Like, nobody cares. Like, it's like Kevin. I understand what you're trying to attempt to say here, but A, have a seat, let this gentleman, let this little kid talk, and B, also, just, uh, you don't need to get out in front of it just because you dealt with your own issue and now try to act like you're super woke or super Mm. about the life or super supportive of the community. Just chill here. So I don't necessarily think he, I think he was trying to more promote that he's cool with it rather than allowing that dude his time and space and i just think he was wrong in that spot but no it's not about canceling him or fuck kevin or none of that shit people are still again taking it way too far online like kevin ain't shit kevin no 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 he was just he was also tipsy Mm -hmm. i learned to listen to an interview with charlamagne they were all drinking the entire time so he was just trying to get out in front of it and act like he was super supportive but he should have just had a seat (laughs) Uh, you are absolutely right i agree yeah 
Uh, my mouth is dry. Um, <laughs> man, hey, no, this is a good episode, man. Very. I'm, man, I'm very. so happy we finally got to do this. It's just, like, we've been trying to do this for, what, three weeks now? Really? Yeah. Like, it's... canceled on me last time. Did he? Oh, yeah. I really wish I could discuss why I canceled, <laughs> but it was important <laughs> that I did. Um, some great things happening. Now, I really right. enjoy talking to you. Yeah. Um, I know I, I've been calling you Marcus. He's been calling you what? Dee Dee? B D? B D. My nigga is B D. B D. B as in boy. D as in David. Yeah. B D. Everybody call me B D on, on my show and everything and stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Name, okay. Well, you two of us, Marcus, US, right? It's Marcus. But since this is your podcast name, I'm gonna call you B D as well. Yeah, then it was really, really a pleasure to um, to talk to you. So where can we find? Um, Yo, I up? think I knew you. I think. When people used to say your name, say your last, say uh, BD all the time, and I didn't know that was you for a minute because I always knew you as Marcus. Yeah, and that was like later on, like because we knew each other in high school and stuff. But I think in college people were calling you BD. I was like, who the fuck is BD? Because like, <laughs> I didn't call you that back then. All right, so real quick history lesson on that. <laughs> so. Marcus, of course, was my name. Then, when playing football, every the coaches just call you by your last name. Uh-huh. So everybody was call, the coaches just kept calling me Beatty. But so my last name is Beatty. But it sounds like B D. Mm-hmm. So then people around, so then cheerleaders caught wind of it. They were like, "Oh, that's a cool nickname, B D. B D. What does it stand for?" And me, you know, being a kid, I'm like, "Oh, best dick." <laughs> so That's quite so clever. around campus and school and high school and stuff, people just started literally saying BD. Mm-hmm. My name, last name is actually BD, uh-huh, right? B E A T T Y. It's actually what I say. I say BD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but everybody was like BD, BD, BD. So if you'll hear on my show, people be like, oh, BD, BD, and it's literally just transitioned itself into yeah. a nickname <laughs> that a lot of people don't even know that's my damn last name mm-hmm. but everywhere i go people be calling me beady but you can find the show yeah, on, instagram on instagram at hold up we need to talk at h-o-l-d-u-p-w-e-n-e-e-d-t-a-l-k hold up we need to talk or um, we're also on itunes or whatever I, apple Podcasts and soundcloud uh, we haven't quite made it to the other one with the green one, Spotify yet, mm-hmm. but we're working on it. So you can find it there. And yeah, those are our episodes. Or you could go to Jado's page at J D O E. That's his name. Uh, Barbie. I don't know her whole page name. I'm sorry, Barbie. If you listen to this episode, I, I can't. It's a long ass <laughs> name. Yeah. So she ain't make it easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She ain't, it ain't like something quick. And then mine is Spine Life because, you know, I work in surgery and do spine surgery. So Spine, S-P-I-N-E-L-I-F-E. That's where you guys can find me. If you guys have anything to say about anything I said today, I'm an open book. I'm willing to listen and be wrong. But if you're wrong, I will let you know quick with a couple of gifts. Hey. <laughs> and, yeah, so we're going to get it. Oh my God, I am not looking forward to th- to this shit. We gonna get it after this one. Mm-hmm. You think? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> think so? Dude, I we don't. started talking about penises and how they transform into a vagina. So but I we think were, that was. I feel like we were asking questions. No, hey, just, look. But they don't like look. when I try to describe shit that I don't have. I think that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, look. I promise you, every time, like, I feel like I'm doing the shit right, I'm doing it completely wrong. Even when I was watching that episode today. On the Breakfast Club with Malik Yoba, I was like, "Damn!" Because I, I feel like they were—it was a 
it was supposed to be, and it was what I saw. Because it, it was Malik and two trans two women trans, on there too. Two trans right. women yeah. and a gay man. And a gay man. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's then, right. Yeah. So it was like a good forum of folk. And, you know, I was like, oh, they're going to get some stuff done. But then the same thing happens that I hate. And it was like, it was like really like kind of like an angry reaction without mm. allowing them to just, just let them get it all out first before you like cut them off. Because who's going to want to talk mm. after that? So that's kind of where we are right now. Like, mm. and I just, like, I'm going to fight. Not fight physically. I'm just saying, I'm going to talk shit, man. I'm going mm. to, like, let me talk. And I got you. You got to let me talk so I can learn. You yeah. got to let me get in there, man. And, and it's just a give and take because I also at the same time understand their I mean, their 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 anger with it or the, having to explain it or live your entire life with this type of burden. Like that's lack of a whole bunch of better words. It's irritating as fuck. Like, <laughs> so I get the shortness of it. But we all, you know, we learning. We're, yeah. we're trying to live. So, yeah, that's it. Right, man. Real quick before we close out, I just want to get some confirmations while we got people listening. Are we going to get you on our show? Yes. Are we going to get you, D? I would love to have you come Absolutely. On I really enjoy talking to you. Talking sure. about dating yeah. and stuff and stuff because we talk sure. about dating and social media. So I would love to get the perspective of your perspective, dating guys. For sure. Both of y'all for sure coming on? For sure, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, y'all. Yeah. yeah, let's figure this out. All right. All right. I think that's it. Me and the great homie, y'all.